It's 1.37 p.m. You are listening to the 24-Hour Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Magdalene Zinke, taking you for a little drive. If you look at when I released my last episode, it you might notice that it's uh, right before the pandemic hit, February something something of 2020. And I have made episodes since then. I have been striving to make this episode, except that this episode is going to look, or sound, I guess, nothing like the plans I'd been making for it, because as usual, I I don't know, I can't quite figure out how to structure my own work in a way where I'll actually do the work. Like, I don't really understand how to make an outline that I'll follow. Or, you know, if I, like, then what's the point of making an outline if I don't follow it? I don't know. (laughs) I'm still sorting these things out. And I guess that's part of the reason why it's taken me so long to make another episode because I guess really the most useful metaphor that I've come up with for this year is (laughs) that it feels a bit like pecan sandy cookies, cookie dough. And if you've ever made pecan sandies, sorry, I, I can't tell if I'm saying that incorrectly or not. Oh, great. You know, it was not raining and now it's raining. So, well, you know, enjoy the rain with me. Um, again, obsessing large part of my brain. What is the recording going to sound like? It's not going to sound like anything if you don't actually make the recording. So here we go. What was I saying? Pecan sandy. And then I got sidetracked because growing up in Wisconsin, I said, I can't, I don't even know if I can say it now. Pecans? Um, Pecans? I don't know how we said it, but we definitely didn't say pecan, which is the preferred pronunciation of East Tennesseans amongst whom I live these days. Anyway. This type of cookie, very, oh, they're delicious. It's like crumbly, fatty, powdered sugary, melt in your mouth kind of thing. And I, my grandmother made them every year while she was alive for Christmas. Um, in my memory, anyway. They were part of the traditional Christmas cookie canon in the Zinke household. And she tried to teach me how to make them. And I don't know if, I only remember doing it like maybe once or twice. 
because they're really finicky. They're really hard to hold together and they're so worth it, obviously. Um, I mean, if you like that sort of thing, I like that sort of thing. They're so worth it to me, but man, they are a pain in the ass to make because you just, you have to like pinch and squeeze. And you know, if you've ever tried to make snowballs with powdery snow, it gets kind of like that. There we go. That's another metaphor that works. Um, you know, all of these are very limited (laughs) in their scope because if you've never handled snow or handled pecan sandies dough, then you know, but I'm sure you've felt something crumbly. I'm sure you've tried to make a structure out of the incorrect medium. And that is how this year has felt. It seems like every time I make a plan, then the plan falls apart. And of course there's the big stuff, you know, the year of COVID-19, the pandemic, I'm living in America where things are vastly not under control because of people, because of communities like mine, which a couple of weeks ago was number nine on the New York Times list of places where the virus is spreading most rapidly. And people just sort of have acted from the beginning. I mean, there was an, in, an initial sort of hush that fell over things back in March, I mean, March and April. And then pretty quickly it was like, well, it's not here. And, you know, well, let's just business as usual, no masks and, you know, and, and who knows what else. Just, just this general like disregard or like, I don't know, <laughs> in worship of money really is what this whole thing feels like. Oh, so, you know, it's spreading rapidly here and that's just, you know, it has, it has not hit my inner circles yet. I have an aunt who has uh, survived it and I know other people who are experiencing it with their relatives but like none of my close friends and and none of my close family have have you know been in contact been in contact with the disease thankfully um but my husband works a retail job and you know has to on the daily confront people and often like refuse their offers to step outside to discuss masks wearing masks having a mask on their faces over their noses and their chins it just I don't I don't know there's a lot of people sighing that sigh this year like I just don't get it and so I won't go into all of the things that I just don't get but suffice to say that it's been a year of I just don't get it and the stresses that that brings after facing month after month of, ugh, I just don't get it. And that makes it difficult to do things like, say, plan a future in theater, especially when, you know, theater as we know it is is shut down for the foreseeable future. And truly looking to the future, looking both as I heard one, or read, I guess it was an email um, from one artist who, you know, called on 
fellow theater makers to think of the future of climate refugees and having to do outdoor theater, which I think is a good point. But also, how do we create theater of leisure, theater of rest, theater that nourishes the community as it is supposed to do, and also nourishes the artists that make it? So that's really what this episode is supposed to be about, is I wanted to just kind of track my thinking and my journey as a maker this year, but really it still feels like I'm in the thick of it. It just feels like a, a continuation of the last four years of my life, which, you know, made the initial quarantine lockdown feel pretty easy because it felt like being at home and raising small children because that's what I was doing. I was at home raising small children, except then I quit my admin job. So I didn't really have income coming in officially. Um, you know, it's just been a, you know, on one hand, same old, same old. We moved. I stayed home. I am surrounded by small children all the time and it kind of drives me crazy and I don't know how to handle it. Really, I'm working on how to handle it um, and I'm and striving to also persist in my art as well and make that, make art, be consistent. But consistent with what? Like what? <laughs> what am I doing? You know, and there was a point in spring where, I mean, I guess, you know, like, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going, and I'm just struggling to articulate it. Um, the spiritual nourishing of communities is kind of probably the best way, the best uh, way forward, simply put. I don't even know if that sentence makes sense. Um, yeah, that I've, you know, I started in spring to think about... I've taken a calling it lineage of thought or lineage of artistry like what what am I responding to as an artist as I what are the conversations that I'm trying to carry forward from other artists um you know who are my forebears in artistry because you know to a certain extent my parents are because they're both artists of a sort my dad's a stagehand and my mom is a poet and she studied acting and, you know, occasionally performs. Um, but I'm not getting my artistic thinking from them in the way that I'm getting it from, say, uh, my teacher, Sybil Kempson, and the way that she approached playwright. Like, I, playwriting, sorry. Like, I definitely see how my work reflects my taking in of her work. So I was starting to think about this and I reached out to um, a high school teacher of mine who had said at one point that he believed that that theater only should be performed at night in sort of a ritual setting and I didn't truly understand until this year how much that influenced my thinking. So I reached out to him and, and kind of told him that and it took a few months, but he did write back to me. I reached out to him on Instagram, which I don't think he checked very often. And also, like, 
you know, it, I think I reached out in like May and he got back to me in July. So really, can you blame him? Can you blame anyone in this crazy year? Um, and he was like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> Tell me about what you're doing. And that, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to articulate it. And then also, like, y- you know, as I continued speaking with Rachel and Kate, kind of referencing um, the episode from January 2020, if you want to go back and listen, if you haven't already, um, the interview with Rachel and Kate Bewley. And at the at the top of the year, we really thought, like, oh, this is, you know, we are... A, a meeting of minds, and I still think that that this that was a meeting of minds, but it's just not a it was not the right time, or our timing, our working within time is not. We don't have the same approach to working. Um, I, I discovered in working with them how much I like to just like jump in and figure things out as I go along, and they, you know have more of a oh god the word plotting comes to mind but that's that makes it sound a little like glum which is not the case but just like more of a measured approach piece by piece Rachel especially which you know I started to think of it as like theatrical time and agricultural time and there are overlaps but we were kind of hampering each other's work by like we just weren't it wasn't working out and we you know it it took us a while to figure that out so that was part of that like working with powdery snow feeling that like I'm trying really hard to shape this into something and it's just not turning into that thing and I don't know how to fix it and it didn't need fixing it just needed releasing so we've released that expectation and And um, what that what that meant is that I went crying to the shoulder of my friend Jess Hart, who was one of the original founders of the Junkyard, this little arts organization that I'm trying to figure out what the heck it is. Um, and we realized, like, oh, you know, because of the pandemic, because of what we've gone through in our lives in the last, you know, four or five years since we let the junkyard kind of go fallow um now seems like a better time to work together and so we've started putting our heads together and our timing seems to be a pace so we have started working on a new scripted podcast we're like seasonal or anthology style seasons. So each season is its own little love story. And we're thinking, you know, like modern love style in that a love story is not necessarily a heterosexual romance. It could be any number of things. And we are going to explore that together and we're figuring out how to work long distance how to do podcasts with other people we're figuring out does that mean that we are a production company and if so what does that look like and you know is that really where we want to go but if we don't want to go there then 
you know, what does it mean for this podcast that we're creating? Which truly, like, is... It's uh, therapeutic. It's a return to theater in a time when we can't be doing theater. And we were going to push and put it out starting on Christmas, the season that we're making. And it just was suddenly, it was just like too much work with other things that were happening in our lives. And so I'm cheating on my rest week by recording this because I said that I wasn't going to work this week and yet I am. But also I suddenly felt inspired and like, maybe I can actually create an episode and maybe I'll release it if I just, I don't know, have super, super low expectations. So I may not even edit this, though I did clear my throat a few times. So um, you will know if I bothered to edit this by um, <laughs> whether or not you hear me clear my throat. So that's that. But mostly I just wanted to say like, things are cooking. I'm understanding because I have a lot of time to just like think this year, I'm getting a better understanding of who I am as a person and as an artist. And I think that that will make my work richer. I'm also trying to release okay simultaneously like build a platform I guess I don't know I don't want a freaking platform <clears throat> but I do you know want to have a space where I can be sharing work and you know letting people know it's like infrastructure basic infrastructure and yet also like releasing expectations for what a thing should be that you know it doesn't have to be I don't know. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't even have to come out at all. The important thing is that we're like, we're working and that we're doing. So that's, I think the drive that I have behind making this episode, because it's not part of like a larger season or anything. It's more like a hello. Like I'm still here. If you're listening, I'm glad you're still here because as Mako Krishak's mother wrote early on in the pandemic on Facebook. There are a lot of new ancestors this year. Some of them expected to be ancestors. And many of them didn't. And while I don't personally know anyone who has died of the virus COVID-19... I know of pe- I know people who have died because of COVID-19 and because of the way that this year has gone. I don't think that there's anyone who is coming through this unmarked. And yet the important thing is to just keep plugging along. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Brushing your teeth, getting out of bed in the morning, parenting by parking your children in front of the TV recording an episode just to say like hey I'm still thinking I'm still doing stuff recording an episode of a podcast so you can send it to your former teacher to be like this is the email that I've tried to write to you 
for a long time. I'm figuring out how to do theater as a sacred practice and as a... as a cultural band-aid. And I don't know what that looks like, in part because I think it involves forming a production company, which is not ever something I thought I would do or want to do. And I'm not sure if I want to do it, but also all signs point that way. I don't know. Stiff. <laughs> Yikes. I am still figuring it out. I hope you have a happy, happy holiday season or whatever season. You know what? Listen, I'm pr I've started practicing the Celtic holiday markings of the year. What are they called? I need to, I need to figure out what the name is, but you know, there's like six, six of them a year. Or is it six? Eight? It's eight. Yeah. Cause it's the solstices, the equinoxes, and then, um, the cross quarter holidays, I think is what it's called. So I've started trying to just like mark them in my life and, you know, a six week chunk of time is really like, that's manageable for me. Like that's a good amount of time to be thinking about and contemplating. Um, so whatever holiday you're celebrating right now, as you're listening to this, have a happy day of it. Have a happy month of it, week of it hour of it, whatever your chunk of time is that you can handle. All right. I hope you find some way to care for yourself today. I have to go. I'm here to pick up my children. I have to take them with me to my home and rest them and then bring them to a place. They're with their grandparents, so we're going to reconvene later for Christmas Eve dinner and gift giving. Just keep doing little by little. And I think that having curiosity is a good way forward or a guiding star. At least it has been for me this year to remain curious about what comes next. And it's gotten me through, it's getting me through. And I hope you find the thing that gets you through too. Thank you for being here with me in these few minutes we have together. Be well, there's gonna be more stuff soon if, you, if you're into my stuff. More, 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 and you know, but I'm taking my time making it because also, y'all, I've started going to bed at like 10 o'clock at night and getting up at six and oh, I love it. It's right for me. I'm finding the things that are right for me. And also, I'm very proud that I stuck by my commitment from last year to only wear comfortable clothing. I am doing a better job of that and it is improving my life. All right, that's it for now. This episode of the 24-Hour Woman podcast was created by me, Magdalene Zinke, with music by Lily Desmond, who is making amazing work for the Catch podcast, this thing I've got going on with Jess Hart. So 
stay tuned for a little clip of that. And by stay tuned, I mean, if I edit this, it's probably a preview is going at the end of this episode. And if I don't edit this, then, you know, I'll, I'll release a, a teaser trailer. I will get my act together enough to do that. That's the plan. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. If you like this episode, tell a friend that I make work. I've got a little bit of a back catalog. I even have some blog episodes. Some blog episodes, dear lord. Um, yeah, I'm in charge of raising the humans of tomorrow. And you can read more about it at MagdalenZinke.com. If you don't know how to spell that, look at the show notes. Because uh, it's written out there. And also on the logo of this podcast. Created by my sister, Fia Zinke. Oh man, homework. Yeah, you guys, homework is take care of yourself. And also maybe a way to take care of yourself if you haven't already been doing this. Look into some black joy. Some movies. Some books. There's plenty of black joy out there. If your favorite flavor of joy is cynical, may I recommend the Keep It podcast? That has been seeing me through some tough times. But yeah, have a good time. Bring a little light into your life in this dark season. This episode is dedicated to Aaron, who is not my friend per se, but someone, a total stranger, a listener who reached out to me from a parking lot in the wee hours of the morning to say that she had listened to the Matrescence episode and it spoke to her. Erin, your message spoke to me in a really tough moment and it actually kind of turned the ship around for me. It meant more than you will ever know. Thank you. Thank you so much. This episode is also dedicated to my friend Corin. Corin, who loved clouds. <laughs>